On the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. John is the bishop of the interdenominational order of Missioners of the Holy Spirit, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Aloha, this is Father John Amit coming to you once again on semi-sabbatical from the beautiful island of Oahu. Today's message, is Christianity a religion or a relationship? And as I go through this message today, it might also help you to go back in the podcast history and find the podcasts that are entitled Finding Your Spiritual Tribe and Freedom from Loneliness. This will help put a little bit more meat on the bones to what I'm getting into here today. I think all of us have encountered social media memes that say something like this. Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship. You can go through a Google search, image search, and find that these things have been posted by churches, that these types of means have been quoted by famous pastors. And personally, I don't know about you, but I've had people tell me on various occasions, I'm a Christian, but I'm not religious. So let's get to it. Is Christianity a religion? Are Christians religious? The simple and obvious answer for most people is yes, of course. Honestly, folks, I think anything other than the affirmative answer is either naive misinformed, and I would say gravely misinformed, or just disingenuous. And I don't want to take time today in this podcast to insult your intelligence by reading from the dictionary. Just look up the word religious or religion in the dictionary, and Christianity fits that very well. Even more so, go to an encyclopedia, and you'll find that Christianity is one of the major world religions and is in every way considered by those who study the topic of religions as a religion. Go to college and take any course on world religions and you will find that Christianity is part of the course. The world religions professor doesn't say, well, we're excluding Christianity because it's a relationship and not a religion. I've heard people tell me that Jesus wasn't religious. Honestly, I just don't see how people can even make that statement unless they're misinformed. Jesus and his holy family, holy Mary, holy Joseph, they were observant Jews. We see them in the early life of Jesus being observant Jews in the temple. That's where they went to worship. Jesus preached in the temple, in a religious place, to religious people. Jesus himself was not seen as irreligious. He was seen as religious, but 
sometimes by those who opposed him as, as heretical. Of course, he was preaching the truth and the good news. Jesus preached in Jewish churches called synagogues. Read the accounts in the three first Gospels of the Lord's Supper. Read them carefully. There you see Jesus in the Last Supper celebrating the Paschal Feast through rite and ritual. Rite is what is said, and ritual is the physical actions that are done. The Lord's Supper, ritualistic. Another word for that could be religious. And finally, folks, Christianity is a religion because Jesus himself founded and with his apostles organized the church, the universal church, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, the universal church. In Matthew 16, a very familiar verse, Peter answered Jesus' question with, who do you all say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And I tell you, Jesus said, that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, that is death, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now we could exegete that verse and and dig into it for probably the next hour here. But let's just leave it to say that Christ himself founded the church, the ecclesia. And we also see in the book of Acts that it was the apostles themselves, the successors to Jesus who received his mantle, his ministry, that they and their successors started churches all over the world. And the apostles, as we see in the New Testament, appointed leaders for these churches through a ritualistic and religious laying on of hands. The laying on of hands is a religious and ritualistic act that was used to commission new leaders for these churches. Folks, honestly, what's going on here? What are we thinking? What are we doing here today in the greater Christian culture. Let's think about this. Let's put our minds together. Why do we not like, why do we deny the label of religion and religious? Why? Why does it upset us? Why do we run from it? Why do we attack that label of religion and religious? I've thought about this and, uh, I think to a lesser degree, I think this is a lesser thing among the people of God today. I don't think it's a huge issue, but I think there is a individualistic narcissism in our culture and it creeps into the church. And so like everything else, like everything else, faith, religion has to be about you. It has to be about me. That's primarily who it's about, not other people, not organizations. So I think there's a narcissism to some people who 
use and liked the idea of, hey, I'm not religious. I'm in a relationship. I think even more that folks get into this mindset because they've been hurt by the church. And I can certainly, certainly identify with that. And I'll give an example a little later. I think even more, I think even more folks who kind of are doing this, Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. I think they're trying to accommodate postmodern, post-Christian culture. And I don't mean that in a bad way, though I think its ultimate result is harmful. But I think they're trying to take down a barrier that they perceive that postmodern, post-Christian people have against our faith. Let me just say this, is that I've traveled a lot throughout the world, and mostly the developed, the developing world, the non-Western world, and most of that world is really religious. If I went to South Asia and I started saying, hey man, Christianity's not a religion, it's a relationship. That wouldn't be a great thing to say down there. First of all, I think many people who hear me say that would think, man, this guy's crazy. What does he mean Christianity isn't a religion? Of course it is. They might also think I'm lying, that I'm being disingenuous. The people in the religious world, which is most of the world, would recognize that Christianity is a religion. And those who adhere to our faith would say that our faith, our religion, Our church was founded by the Savior of the world, who is Christ the Lord, true man and true God. And it's not speculation. I know that this mindset of trying to, in a good way, trying to be helpful and bring down the barrier for post-Christian, post-modern people by saying, hey, Christianity's not religion, it's relationship. This accommodation has been backfiring. I've seen it for 40 years. I've personally experienced it. In my late teens, I was hurt in a church, saw some tough things happen. And about six months later, I kind of woke out of my haze and my hurt and my pain and was able to even bend a knee and pray to God. And I said to the Lord Jesus in prayer, Lord, I accept you as my Savior. I can't deny you but I want nothing to do with the church. As plainly as I've ever heard the voice of the Lord speak to me, our Lord said to me, John, you can't have me unless you have my church. And I was astounded by that. I knew it was the voice of Jesus. And I said, what do you mean, Lord? I can't have you unless I have your church. He says, yeah. He goes, I love it. I love the church. It's my body. And I go, you love that? With all its brokenness? The church that just hurt me? You love that? Yeah, I love it. It's my body. Again, I, the first to say the church isn't perfect and the church has hurt people. And in the name of Christ, the historic church has done some pretty terrible things. But folks, Christ and his body go together. 
You can't have the disembodied Christ. You have to have the spiritual body of Christ and the visible body of Christ. It's not optional. I can tell you, if you would look into the writings of the early church fathers and even into the New Testament, you could see that being excommunicated from the church was a super serious thing. You did not want that to happen. The Holy Scriptures itself, through the voice of the apostles, speak loudly to this. In Ephesians 3, starting in verse 10, the apostle Paul says that God's intent was that now through the church that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. The church, super important to God's purposes, so important that it's called the body of Christ and is his body, both spiritually and visibly. In Hebrews 10, the author of this epistle encourages the believers in verse 25 not to give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And folks, I don't know about you, but I see the day approaching. It's time to puff the church, to make a big deal out of it, and not to run away from the religious nature of the church. You know, I think in the human body is that sometimes we can get these terrible diseases called autoimmune diseases like arthritis. And I could go through a number of other autoimmune diseases. This is where the body begins to attack itself. And in the life of the contemporary Christian church in the developed world, we're seeing the body of Christ, the believers themselves, attacking the veracity of the church that Christ and the apostles founded by undermining it. By saying, well, you know, that's just a bunch of religious stuff. That's not who I am. Christianity is a religion. We have a religious book called the Bible. We have a religious organization with overseers, also known as bishops, elders, also known as presbyters and priests, and deacons. We have rules of behavior in the church, as we can easily find in our Bible, our religious book. We have instructions in our religious book, the Bible, on worship and prayer. And yes, yes, dear ones, we have a wonderful relationship with God and Jesus Christ. But what we also in the body of Christ, the church, through the community, the communion of the body of Christ, have a relationship with the redeemed, our brothers and sisters in heaven and earth, with our spiritual mothers and our spiritual fathers. Folks, when we deny the religious aspect of our faith, we create scandal. And the word scandal comes from a biblical Greek word, scandalon. It literally means a stumbling block, stumbling block. When we deny the religious aspect of our Christian faith and the veracity of the organized church, we are creating a stumbling block for those who might believe and come into the life of the church and those who are in the life of the church. 
You see, when we use these cliches, Christianity's a relationship and not a religion, is that we undermine, we undermine the church by implying, whether we mean to or not, that our faith is merely individualistic. We imply, maybe not meaning to, but we imply through these slogans that some of our brothers and sisters are religious. Look at them, they're religious. And really, what does that mean? They're Pharisees. Recently, I had a wonderful conversation with a Pentecostal woman. She was so filled with faith, and then she made this disappointing statement. Something like this. All the current churches that exist are all man-made. They're all made up. She meant well. She meant well. But she was saying and implying that the visible body of Christ does not exist in the world, that all the churches we see today are all made up. Is that is that where we're at? Wow, if so, that's going to create a lot of scandal, a big stumbling block, because it encourages people not to join the local church and its worship and mission. Why do we see more and more this out-of-church movement where people say they're Christians, but they're not connected with any local church? Why is it that we're seeing in these post-Christian societies and cultures like Europe, where the church is a shell, an empty cathedral. Today, empty neighborhood church buildings. Many reasons, but one of them is because of this. We're undermining the church because we are saying and implying that our Christian faith is just merely individualistic. We deny the religious aspect of our faith. It discourages the faithful who are already connected with the church. Well, I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be perceived that way. Let's go ahead and deny all that. Or, or let's create churches that, that have no ability to be religious. Okay, we'll get rid of all the crosses. We'll get rid of all the candles. We'll get rid of the altar. We'll get rid of the Lord's table. We'll get rid of the offering plates. We'll get rid of it all until, until, you know, some some folks, not many, but some folks are getting rid of the Bible. Sadly, maybe for some, even the Bible is a, a physical Bible. It's a symbol of religion. God forbid I get seen carrying a leather-bound Bible. I've got my Bible phone. I'll hide it there so I'm not perceived as religious. And sadly, when we deny the religious aspect of our faith, we undermine the authority of the church. And why is that important? Why is that important? Because we imply that the body of Christ is only spiritual, not visible. The church is both spiritual and visible. The church is here today. You can see it. It's made up of people filled with the Holy Spirit, with Christ as its head. The church is a visible sign and a spiritual sign to a world without Christ. You see, in sacramental language, let me, let me just throw this out to you, is that the church, being both visible and spiritual together, is the sacrament of Christ to the world. How will the world come to Christ without seeing and encountering the church in you and me and us together, being filled with the Holy Spirit, exercising all the gifts, all the ministries, all the offices of the church, undermining the authority of the church to speak to the conscience of our culture. More than ever, the church needs to be visible and spiritual and loud and boldly proclaim the conscience of God as expressed in sacred scripture to 
the conscience of a culture that is careening from the will of Almighty God. Boldly proclaiming without shame, without fear of offense, that salvation is in Christ alone. It's not undermined the authority of the church founded by Christ and the apostles, both visible and spiritual together, to authoritatively teach the Holy Scriptures and the desires and will of God to the faithful. Let's not undermine the ability of the church in this day and age to dispense the sacraments of the church in all their power, both in baptism and in holy communion in the Eucharist which is a sharing, a communion in the body and blood of Christ. Folks, I'm going to speak to myself in this admonition. We've got to get it through our heads. We've got to get it through our heads. We've got to get it into our minds that very few believe that organized religion is bad. People tell me all the time when they find out I'm a priest, I don't believe in organized religion. It's bad. They don't believe that. They just believe that organized Christianity is bad. There's exceptions, I know. But really, in the postmodern, post-Christian era, when folks rail against organized religion, they're organizing. They're railing against the organized church. Last thing the enemy wants is the church to be organized. But the tail doesn't swing the other way, folks. Even now, even now, cults and pagans and Satanists and New Agers and militant atheists and the apostate church that is rising now is organizing. They're gaining strength. They're gaining power. Meanwhile, we post means implying the church is man-made. We need to wake up and regroup. Wake up and regroup. Find your spiritual tribe, folks. Find your spiritual tribe in the church. Twelve tribes of Israel, many tribes in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We need to wake up and regroup. Get with Peter. Get with Peter the Apostle Peter, and boldly proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that Jesus Christ himself, with his apostles, have founded the one universal holy church and proclaim boldly with Peter that there's no other name under heaven by which people can be saved. The great news today, brothers and sisters, is God is raising and awakening the church he founded through Christ and the apostles. The ancient ones called it the church militant, the church that was on this mission of radical militancy to bring love and peace and redemption to the world. And yes, yes, even the gates of hell will not prevail against us. So on this Palm Sunday, I say with you all, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And thanks be to God. Amen. You've been listening to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. 
we invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. To find out more about Hope on the Way Ministries and Father John, check out our website at hopeontheway.info. That's hopeontheway.info. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Amen.